Hello, and welcome to Season 4 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. We are Matt and Kevin, and each week we're bringing you news about gaming, pop culture, and of course, Overwatch. This week we talk about the new Pokemon trailer, Sony and PlayStation, and more Overwatch League. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another late episode of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Apologize for being late. We have we're busy. We're busy, tired adults. Um, it is now eleven fifty six p.m. on Thursday, so I have officially almost been awake for almost twenty hours. I I am I am almost delirious. So let's see how well this plays out today. <laughs> have you been, Kevin? <laughs> Uh, I've been I've been pretty good. Um, I'm recovering from con season, um, or whatever this weekend was. So, um, I did go to Fatima Con. I I ended up doing a lot of um, gaming stage stuff there, and uh, it was definitely great to be back there just to like talk and see people who I haven't seen in like three years and run what I would consider a very successful convention. Um. And yeah, it was just great to meet everybody else who happened to be out there as well. But um, yeah, finally moved through that. I'm starting training for my next job, which I'll definitely go over next week once we start getting into the 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 uh, how can I say it? Once we start getting once we start getting that rolling, um, I could explain it a little bit more. But um, overall, it is just a really interesting experience this whole week just a lot of running around and you know doing stuff uh how about you matt how's everything going on your end well it's uh it's a strange week to say the least very good i think this has been a good week for me i may i may be exhausted out of my mind but it's been a very good week um comparatively to the other weeks i've had so i mean on top of like rehearsals and and whatnot um Tuesday, I mean, Monday didn't have work because it was a holiday, so that was good. I got to just kind of just do other stuff at home, which was pretty good. Then I went to rehearsal. Um, Tuesday was our last official day working with DC. I mean, like, I still have reports to do and stuff, so I'm not fully done, but, I mean, technically Tuesday was my last day being Batman on the internet. So if you look at any of DC's posts from here on out, it's not going to be me, so feel free to, to just, no, don't be mean to them, but just don't be as friendly to them as you would have been otherwise. Be nice, be nice, because like as, as a social media manager, um, the work is hard sometimes, and it's, it's very disheartening when people are especially mean on the internet, um, but just don't, maybe just be, don't be as, as nice and engaging as you were if it were me handling the comments and whatnot so um there's that and then afterward i was supposed to hang out with one friend but then she did not have a good day so i went to hang out with a different friend um and this friend esme is the one who uh recommended me for the dc job in the first place so i think it did work out and in a way that like my journey with dc and working as a social media manager began with because Esme recommended 
it and it ended that day with me and Esme having dinner and just hanging out. So that was good. Um, would you like to hear what the menu was for that night for dinner, Kevin? Sure. So um, we were initially going to go to Sautel, which is uh, an area in L.A. near Westwood. It's I think it was originally called Little Japan back in the day. Um, so it has a lot of like uh, Japanese restaurants mainly, but there's also like pho and other things. But it is it is still mostly Japanese food and restaurants in the area. But then Esme's like, or since it is Tuesday, do you want to go get tacos? And I'm like, sure, I'm down for Taco Tuesday. Um, and as we were looking for a taco restaurant, she said, oh, there's also this place that I've, I've walked by a couple of times. Do you want to try there? I've never been there. And I'm like, sure, let's go. And so it was a place with Oaxacan cuisine. So food from Oaxaca, Mexico. Um, what we ended up getting was we, we kind of split two orders. So I ordered a chicken mole. And then she ordered a plate that was just kind of like all of a sampler plate of appetizers, which we shared. So there was chicken mole, which I'd never had before. There was some kind of cactus salad, which was I've never had prickly pear cactus before. I've had the prickly pear fruit, but not the actual like cactus leaf bits. So that was interesting. Um, Then some other like. Um, small bite appetizers like a, a potato roll or whatever but the most interesting part was um grasshoppers oh have you ever had grasshoppers i've never had grasshopper okay um would you like to know how they were sure well first off um have you ever eaten bugs before kevin yes i've had crickets before okay um so comp- i, I want to compare it to my experience how what did you think of crickets i thought they were just okay i mean there is it's hard to get over the initial barrier of like looking at it and being like i'm about yeah. to crunch on this but like um the ones that i had were like were like if you had the uh the barbecue flavored like sunflower seeds and they're just like pop the whole thing in your mouth and just eat it. And I'm like, okay. Mm. So it tasted pretty good. But like, was it at like a restaurant or was it like one of those novelty candy things? Yeah, it was like one of those things that came in like a like in a bag and like yeah. a little thing. Like yeah. you get it like a souvenir store or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned sunflower seeds because the way I describe them to Esme and and for context, Esme and has known that I have the I used to. I mean, I still kind of do. I do tend to try weird foods because when I did my weird food column back in the day in college, she was also a photographer for Daily Bruin. And so she ended up photographing the day that I tried Balut. So uh, she has been front and center to now two of my weird food adventures. So the way I described what I thought of them to Esme, like she's like, so what do you think? Um, Was I felt like they were deflated sunflower seeds. So it's interesting that we uh, mm. we we had a similar descriptor for grasshopper grasshoppers and, and crickets. So the crick not the cricket the grasshoppers I had were about the size of of sunflower seeds. They were small. They weren't too big. Um, and you're definitely right about it. Is hard to get over that initial barrier of mm-hmm. of looking at it, seeing the shape, the head, the legs, knowing what this thing is, yeah. and then popping it in your mouth. 
yeah and knowing that you have to like crunch on it like <laughs> yeah yeah there wasn't a lot of crunch on mine again it's like a deflated sunflower seed is what i thought of it um but mine were seasoned i think the guy said with it was salt um i think garlic powder and lime juice so they were actually pretty tasty um, once yeah. I got, o- I had a, maybe two or three of them. I just kind of popped them in my mouth. Once I got over the idea that I was eating the grasshoppers, I was kind of okay. I, I didn't want to eat more of them. I'm like, I did it. Uh, I, I said I would do it. I did it. I'm okay. Um, the worst part was that a leg got caught in the back of my throat. Oh, not fun. I, I drank water a couple times and eventually I just kind of ate my chicken mole and then that pushed it down. The leg and Esme thought it was funny at first, but then she got a leg caught in her mouth or her throat. So it's like, ha, the shoe's on the other foot now. Um, but I, I wouldn't order them myself, but I suppose I, now that I've done it once, I, I could eat them again. Um, as long as they weren't too big, there were a couple big ones in that little dish. Um, and especially if it was a survival scenario, um, as long as again as it wasn't too big and too crunchy, I I I could eat a, a small grasshopper again. I I think if it were you know if it were still moving, then I'd be like uh, I could I can oh do yeah it. no it's got to be dead. It's yeah, gotta I, be have a, to, I have to definitely make sure it's like not moving on me. <laughs> like <laughs> here, let me let me send you a photo real quick of I I took a photo of them. Let me send it to you on. And if I remember, y'all, I will I will post my grasshopper photo on our social media, which I really should do more often. All right. I remember looking at or like watching this video with um, the anime man where he goes to he goes to a restaurant in Japan, which exclusively focuses on like bug cuisine. Mm. Um. And, like, they literally only use bugs as, like, their way of, like, flavoring things. And it's really, it was really interesting. Yeah. Like, Hmm. bugs are so, are so efficient in protein that, like, as as, as they called them, it's the food of the future. Which I think with the way things are going in the food industry and with sustainability, um, bugs may be, may very well be the only sustainable option we will have after a certain point of time so i honestly think if had you had you taken these grasshoppers and ground them up to like a very fine powder and popped it in like a shake as a as a protein boost i would be fine especially if i didn't know what the protein powder was made out of i would be fine like if if i did not know and you grinded this up and made it like accessible in a ramen like like in an instant ramen packet, like I would be okay with that as well. But yeah. like you would just have to tell me like, oh, it's like X flavor. Just don't tell me it's made of like Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me it's like it's bug. <laughs> just be like it it good, have it. Yeah. So Bugs. Uh, so that was Tuesday. Uh what did, what did I do yesterday? Um I think I worked from home yesterday. Yesterday was the first. Yeah, yesterday was our first day working for uh, my new client. Um, I can't. I don't. I don't want to say too much now because I am. Un, I signed my soul away to this client under NDA, so I can't say too much. 
but I am very excited to be working with this client. Um, and I, I have a lot of homework to do in like getting caught up with like the IP that I'm working with. I used to be a very big fan of it in like third grade. Um, but I, I kind of fell off after like fifth grade and then now I'm kind of, I have to get back into it. Um, and then today I had to, I went into the office. Oh, I went to LA. I, okay. So today I got up at like four or something in the morning. Um, cause I had to catch a bus at like six and I had to make sure I had to get to the bus station on time. Got a, took a bus to Westwood at six and then I got there at like seven something. And then I took an Uber down to, um, somewhere else in LA to, go to the screening and I got there and I went to a couple of little breakfast places looking for someplace with food and also Wi-Fi. Um, and there's this really cool one that I found that was like it, both a coffee shop and a bookstore, which was really cool. Um, I would have stayed there, but their Wi-Fi wasn't working. I went to a Starbucks, their Wi-Fi also wasn't working. So, Oh, fun. Um, so I did that. And then I went to the office. I had the entire office to myself. Um, really nice views of LA from there. I could see like, if I, if I was standing in one part of the office and looking out the window, I could see the Hollywood sign and Griffith observatory. Then if I moved to like across the, uh, across the room, um, I could see down like Wilshire Boulevard. I could see like the La Brea tar pits from there and a bunch of the museums and like LACMA. Um, and then if I just looked the other way, it was like all residential areas, like, houses as far as the eye could see and just covered by that that classic los angeles haze um and then after that i went to the academy museum because there was a screening of the uh, the academy's doing this screening of like 90s romance movies or whatever and i got a free ticket because my friend was working there and apparently the uh visual communications which puts on the um the film festival that I work for was actually um sponsoring this program i didn't even realize they were co-sponsoring it with um the Academy Museum. So I got to see some of my coworkers there and I got them for free. And I saw Mississippi Masala with a very young Denzel Washington. Um, and I got a, my friend got me a Totoro pouch from the gift shop. So that has been my day so far. Oh, damn. Seems like you're just running around all over the place. Just, this has been the most exhausting and most active week I've had. I mean, like, I, I had very exhausting and active weeks when the film festival was going on. Cause again, I'm running around trying to get to the festival and working it, but I had a couple of weeks off and this has also been a very exhausting week for me, but mm. it has been as opposed to like a couple of weeks ago where I was just exhausted, tired and sad. I'm exhausted, tired and very happy. This has been a very good week. I think it's been fun. Yeah. I've been trying to like, as for fun, like, I've been collecting a ton of like manga recently mm. and I was like, what would a manga bookstore like cafe look like? What would, is that even a feasible option? Oh yeah. For, it's like, definitely people an to, option. Like, people to come in and just like read manga. And then if they like it, like be able to not, not buy it from me, but like get maybe a discount at like Kino Kunya or something like that. Um, or that, just, that might be, just do the, over. do it. Just combine a manga store and a Japanese like tea shop or a Japanese coffee shop or cafe or whatever. Yeah, something do with it. like small snacks, like after school yeah. stuff. 
do something it. Something with like a vibe. We'll we'll see how it goes. Considering the uh the manga phobia or not phobia, the manga mania. Phobia was completely the opposite of what I meant. The manga <laughs> mania that this country is currently going through, especially with like com oh my god. One thing I will not miss about working on the DC accounts, as much as I love DC still, um, every single time something was posted, you'd have the um the comics gate folks saying Oh, this is why manga is outselling American comics every single month. <laughs> um, so considering that crowd is out there, I feel like that would sell very well. Although you would probably have to deal with a um a lot of very cringy folks trying to hit on hit on girls there and and cabedoning on your uh your your shelf. Not on my bookshelf. <laughs> Rule number one, do not cabadon my bookshelf. <laughs> I'm looking at shirts that go hard. <laughs> and my my friend just sent me this one. It, I, I can't explain it to you. You're I gonna have, have to, to just send show it to me? You. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 it's, uh, it's like they tell you when you're writing. Show, don't tell. Yeah. Um, Which I, I kind of, I hate, as much as I understand what they're trying to say, I hate that phrase so much because it doesn't it it doesn't really like teach you or give you any constructive advice on like how to write I, and again i understand what it means show don't tell but it's like okay well how am i supposed to do that i have to i have to use words oh my god what <laughs> what the... <laughs> what uh yeah it, it's just some of these shirts you you know you never know buddy <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to include this in the uh, the inevitable you, social media post that I I do have to make. You you, you definitely don't. Weekend. There's 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 definitely a lot more that are. <laughs> just, these shirts are just weird. I will show telling, not showing. Um, it's a shirt with gangsta Tweety Bird with the backwards cap and all, and this is all in different fonts. I don't understand that. Okay, bitch, call the cops. I'll have sex with them. Yeah, it just it makes no sense. You just have there's you just have some of these. Uh I wouldn't even wear the shirt ironically. There's a lot of things I would wear ironically, not this. Do you, these seem like shirts that you would find at like a uh at like a Goodwill and then uh-huh. you just you you have you just no. double take. You're like that makes no sense. Or, have you been to Venice Beach? I have not. Okay, next time you come to LA, if we have time, we should go to Venice Beach just just to show you the weirdness of like this this is the kind of thing you walk by like a lot of the shirt shops there. This would absolutely be there. This would a <laughs> thousand percent be there in the shops and it would not be out of place. It looks exactly like it belongs there. And that's probably one of the more normal things you would find for sale at Venice beach. <laughs> One time I was like in a record shop for at Venice beach. And it's just like the, I don't know why, I don't know what about me and my buddy made him want to, to, to tell us this, but we were at Venice beach and we were at this record shop and the guy, the record shop owner's like, Oh, Hey, here guy. I don't know if you guys are, you're interested in this, but like, I've got some of the, like the original vintage playboys here. If you want to take a look. And like, he had, he had like, the OG run of Playboys all in like plastic wrap and everything. And then I 
guessing a lot of the people in that magazine are, are probably dead now. So don't know how I, how I feel about that. <laughs> so Venice beach is a very, it's a famous beach. It's a weird beach and it's, you just have to experience it to understand like, okay. Before we get into these really last, last tangent for me, um, Venice beach is mostly just weird people in weed shops. Like you, you literally, you walk down Venice beach on uh, the board, like just the boardwalk or whatever it's called with all the shops. It's like weed shop, weed shop, weird shirt shop, weed shop, weed shop, like this weird uh, Egyptian quote unquote artifact shop, a couple restaurants, weed shop, weed shop, bunch of street performers, weed shop, weed shop, weed shop, some like houses in an alley, weed shop, weed shop, weed shop, weird people walking around and then another weed shop or, or, or a restaurant on the corner. <laughs> Uh, that seems, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's it's very strange, but it's very fun. Even if you're not high, it's fun. Okay, so let's get into the news of the week. Speaking of very fun things. Um, well, I guess this first one isn't fun. Um, so you are aware of what Nino Kuni is, right, Kevin? Yes. Just to describe Nino Kuni while I bring up the news story. Um, describe Nino Kuni to our listening friends. What is it? So, so Nino Kuni is a RPG, JRPG um, game initially created with, um, in collaboration with Hal Miyazaki, um, and it was just like, it, it it was just essentially like a really like small fun game. And they had like two iterations, and now there's like this whole new one, I believe. Uh, I I don't Nino know Kuni much about Cross it. Worlds. Yeah, cross worlds and people I will talk about it. Yeah, there's a lot of people who that I've known who were excited to play it, but said that there's a lot of like, you know, things yep. about it that's really yep. turning them off from it. So Nino Kuni Cross Worlds was originally or it's already been released internationally. Now it's finally coming to Western shores. Um, this is the third Nino Kuni game. I don't believe that Studio Ghibli is really all of that involved with this um, this version of the game. I think they're still involved in some capacity, but it's not clear how involved they were in the development and making of this game, aside from maybe like owning the rights to it. So maybe that could be like there. It's, it's not, it's not clear. Um, except the difference between other Nino Kunis and this Nino Kuni and, and, quite frankly between other games in this game is that it is built on blockchain and cryptocurrency and that in the game of Nino Kuni you can earn different currency that you can then convert into actual crypto so in in Nino Kuni it looks like you can earn territe which you can then turn into territe tokens which you can then Put into your Marble X wallet to get Marble X, which you can then also convert into real cryptocurrency. And like, this isn't just a small thing, I don't think. Initially, when this was announced, people thought it was going to be more of a, a small side thing in the game and it wouldn't be so completely um, 
the game would be so dependent on it. But yeah, no, apparently it, it's just it's a major part of the game. Um and apparently it's it's game breaking to the point where like you can just spend money to get a lot of this currency and then just buy everything all the best stuff from like gotcha packs or whatever and eventually get it and then it just takes over the entire game um yeah yeah i again this has probably been in development for a very long time considering how long it takes games to be developed so i i given that like crypto and blockchain and nfts are seemingly on the downturn right now and everybody is pretty much against them except the people who are invested in this um my guess is that by the time like the backlash against all of this happened it was too late to stop it and they just have to ride this wave um but i can't imagine this game like i feel like even even among like ghibli fans i don't think nino kuni was a particularly popular series like i've only ever met one person who's ever played nino kuni have you played it i've only played like i i picked up the controller once at a friend's <laughs> house and that's it like, okay never it's sat down and like weird. actually finished it it's very weird like i think i watched my roommate the the other person i know like now i know two people who've kind of played it um but the only other person i know who's played it was one of my roommates and it's really weird like i think it's the first no it's the second one he played i think where like you're the president of the united states and you get warped into nino kuni world and there's like a mouse boy now that either you have to protect or protect you and i think as the president of the united states you have a gun and everyone else has swords and it's it's just real weird <laughs> it's just real weird i mean it's a jrpg so it's going to be weird but i mean it's real weird <laughs> um but given even within its niche culture i feel like the introduction and the, the the dependence it has on blockchain and crypto is going to make this game fail and and have an even smaller audience than it normally would which is still a very small very niche very dedicated fan base yeah and if anything you're going to be turning them away from something that you know they they definitely liked and enjoyed already um i don't i don't think that they're that their fan base is going to be expanding because of this either. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on. I don't want to talk about that anymore. That's 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 my NFT capacity for the week. Kevin, tell us about Pokermans. Yay! Let's talk about the new Pokemon Scarlet and Violet trailer that dropped. Um, so yeah, I believe it was uh Wednesday, Wednesday or Tuesday. Um, we got a new trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Um, and it gave us a little bit more into, you know, the next generation. Um, and we are going to be able to go ahead and talk about it. Um, the first thing is that there are going to be two professors this time, um, instead of just the one who greets you at the start, um, there's going to be Sada and Turo. Um, they are already meme material. If you're anywhere on the, uh, Pokemon 
side of Twitter. Um, <laughs> one of them, one of them's kind of like this outdoor explorer Z type, and the other one looks like like a Giga Chad. So they <laughs> the memes are pretty funny uh, coming out of that. But we have Sada and Turo as two professors um, that we are going to be taking a peek at. Um, on top of that, we we did get a couple looks at new Pokemon, including the legendary and cover uh, Pokemons that are going to be coming with it. Um, they they have uh, yeah, so there's Koridon and Miraidon, which are the two legendary dragons for this one. Uh, they look like bikes. It's going to be pretty funny. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of really cool like. In my opinion, the new Pokemon that they introduced already have, like, captured, like, most of the fan base, including myself. Um, So, on top of us getting the original, like, you know, the starter Pokemon that we started out with, uh, we did get an introduction to three new Pokemon as well. Um, We have Pommy, which is the new uh, Pikachu clone of sorts. Um, it, It is, like, this little, like, orange crawling electric not a mouse but like kind of like a it's a rodent um and then we have lechonk um lechonk is a is a pig a pig pokemon um it 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 is adorable but not as adorable and internally me uh as much as smoliv um smoliv is like my favorite pokemon coming out of this for sure um if, if you guys want to take a peek, definitely take a peek at him. Um, I, I love Smoliv. Smoliv is like my uh, my spirit animal right now. But um, just like all the other Pokemon games, uh, Scarlet and Violet is aiming to come out kind of in the middle of November. So um, in other words, if you're uh, for the holiday season here in the uh, in the States, when people ask you, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, you're going to put down Pokemon Scarlet and Violet um, definitely on that list. And if they want to go ahead and try to see if they can get it for you during a Black Friday, that might be an option as well. So, yeah, definitely keep that in mind. Uh, there's definitely going to be more to come out of it. Um, and we will see how that goes moving forward. I was looking at some... See, when I think of the word lechon, I think of the roast pig yeah. in Filipino culture. Um, yes. you know, you know, Lechon, Kevin. Yes. So good. Lechon. And then he's chonky. So the chonk, but also yeah. considering like this, this game is based on like Spanish culture. Lechon also means little pig in Spanish, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I learned, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. I thought Lechon was just roast pig in the Philippines and it got me excited, but it just means piglet as I guess little pig in Espanol. But some people, like, a vast majority of people were saying that they like the name LeChonk. It, they think it's funny. Like, I think it's hilarious. But I some, think it's people, hilarious. some people didn't get the joke. But that's that's just that. Well, if, if you don't think that LeChonk James is a hilarious meme, then oh my uh, God. Don't, don't even come and talk to me. <laughs> LeChonk James? Yeah, there's, a, there's already pictures of LeChonk James. Oh God, uh, there's pictures. Yeah, that, I here. I'll just I'll send you a picture of Lechonk James and uh, Small of Garden. Small of <laughs> Garden. No. <laughs> <laughs> like I like both of these. 
They're they're very much a vibe. All right, let's see if I can. Okay, yeah, there you go. Oh, God. I was not prepared for the majesty of LeChonk James. Yeah, LeChonk James. Garden, is, I like. And Small Garden. I like that one. LeChonk James. I don't know if this is better or worse than the Silicon LeBron James bust. All right. Yeah, that's, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Anyway, um, moving on. So Embracer Studios, we recently covered them because they have now, um, they're now the owners of, oops, hold on, let me find the story. Get rid of this bullshit. No Nino Kuni stuff. Okay, so Embracer, who recently acquired from Square Enix the rights to um, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kain, and some other IPs that they were offloading because they wanted to double down on the world of NFTs. Um, Embracer, in addition to acquiring those, they have decided that, you know what? Video games are culture and we need to save them. So um, the group, which was formerly known as THQ Nordic, um, have created the Embracer game archive. Um they're i guess they're they're the 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 philosophy is for us games are more than just games it's culture so they are building a giant library of physical games so they have archived 50,000 games consoles and accessories at their hub in Karlstad Sweden um they have a ceo an archive assistant a technical engineer and supply manager what they want to start doing by the end of the year is start cataloging all of the games that they have um they want to collaborate with museums institutions they want they would like for um collectors to contribute to the archive and send them some rare hard to find um find titles um i think this is really really cool i don't know whether or not and if you look at the website, it looks it's pretty fun. They have an article which I haven't read. Why horse games is a thing. Um, I need to read that article <laughs> just because I think horse content is is real weird. Um, but I wonder if I and I don't think this is going to happen. But if at some point after maybe they've collected at least one copy of of everything and I've archived it if at some point they would like for titles that they have multiples of like become a library where you could like maybe take a trip up to Sweden for a week and then just go to the archive and just play different games that they have and just experience the history of video games and see the evolution from Pong to VR stuff that we have now. Like if that if if Sweden could become the uh, the video game history mecca that the nerds of the world would kind of make their pilgrimages to. Not and I I hope I'm not being offensive by um, using that analogy, but I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I, I do agree. Like we were talking about it earlier that like we feel like there needs to be a place where 
like all the games are kind of put together. There's got to be a place where you can go and like learn about the history of gaming because we're we're saying as everything is going digital, it's going to be a lot harder for like people to experience games that we haven't experienced before. So I do think that having, um, I, I think that having an archive like this is going to be really helpful, not only to like the people who want to play it, uh, mm-hmm. but also just to like show people how far we've come since we've actually had the game um, and, you know, like certain genres like the start and everything. And I, I do think that that is an important thing, uh, not only for like, not only for us, but like also for future generations as well, just to kind of like learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. How many, I'm not, I'm not even talking here about digital games, but like how many physical games that have been released since I guess history of gaming. So since pong, how many games do you think have been created and lost and like either all copies of them are, are, have been destroyed or hidden and are will never be found again. Well, there is that famed, you know, Atari pit somewhere. Um, well, I mean, we know like, exactly where to go to, to get the, uh, the ET game. Yeah. Um, we know exactly but where to go. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of games that have probably not have not been archived or like the company themselves don't exist anymore. So, if you don't have a copy of that game, like you're not going to be able to like get it again. Like what is it? that one Burger King game, right? <laughs> like that. Well, there, we we know that one guy's there were three he, he's Burger got King games. Yeah. So it's just a matter of like knowing where to go for it. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. somebody somewhere has it. It's just a matter of hunting it down and convincing them for the right price to get it. You know, Mm-hmm. Now, if you had, if you found out that you had, like maybe the last copy of a certain game, Kevin, would you, would you donate it for free, or would you want to get compensated for it? Like, and it's not even a game that you like. You still go back and play. It's just like you own the last. I, copy I feel of like it. it would be, it would be okay if you, if I like donated it to it to the to the museum or whatever. Um, but have like a donated buy thing. Yeah. Some acknowledge. So that way, like, yeah, people could acknowledge the fact that like I had it, but I am donating it for everybody else to use. Mm hmm. That'd be really, I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited by this concept. I hope that there is enough money behind it. And people do donate it to to keep it alive. Um, I just I wonder how how many games and consoles they're going to end up with in the end. Like I I'd, I'd love to see their progress throughout the years. And like right now, I said like they have, I believe, is it fifty or five hundred thousand games? Um, currently, they have. Yeah, they have, currently they have fifty thousand games, consoles, and accessories. So that that's not 50,000 games per se. That's 50,000 items that they've cataloged. Now you're bringing accessories into the mix that, that also expands it. But man, as a gamer and as a history geek, 
Like this is fantastic. I'm surprised. I not surprised, but I wish that this had been something that was started before so that a lot more progress could have been made by now. But I mean, now that we're aware of it, I would love to see where they end up in maybe five years and see how much, how much they've collected. Yeah, it's better better late than never, in my opinion. So I'm glad that there's at least like, you know, we're at least starting it up and people yeah. are aware of it now. Um, this has been something that like we've always been discussing, like video game history wise. We need to like start mm-hmm. collecting. But uh, I'm glad that somebody is actually, you know, uh, doubling down and trying to get it done. Yeah. I wonder if Embracer Group listened to our rants and said, you know what? Those guys have have a good idea. Let's do it. <laughs> if you could if you could contribute one game, like any one game to the archive, what would you add to it? Like I mean like any game that you've played, that has to be something that you've you've played at least once. Like you can't say like, "Oh, the very first copy of Mario ever." Cuz no, we, um, we were not For alive, me it then. would be um the world ends with you. Still one of mm. my favorite games of all time on the DS. It is one of my favorite games. Um, if you haven't played it, uh, don't play it on the switch, play it on the DS. Like, I don't, I don't care if you have to go and find somebody who has it. Like that is, that is the only way of like actually doing it. Okay. Okay. The DS copy of the world ends with you. Yes. For me, I think the cheap the, the cheap one would be to say Overwatch, but um, I think for me, one of my favorite games of all time was is still Batman Arkham City, and I just I I have such fond memories of playing that game. Like for me, it expanded upon Batman Arkham Asylum, which was one of the games I was like most excited for for forever. Um, and then Arkham City blew away my expectations and I've, I've played that game. I don't know how many times now. So barring me throwing in Overwatch there just to throw in Overwatch into the archive, Batman Arkham City, I would, I would submit that and be happy with my legacy, not just because it's Batman, but just because it was, it's just such a good, well-made story based adventure game um speaking of you you mentioned the uh the burger king games kevin um Hmm. something similar that i found this week um i've never played this game i was aware of this game when it came out i had friends who played it who well i mean i think i had one friend who played it who wouldn't shut up about it um, did you ever play the game or hear about the game Brink from Bethesda? No, I've never heard of Brink before. Okay, I, from what I remember, I, sh- I should have done more research on this game specifically, but I just didn't have the time. But I remember it was a um, it was a shooter game developed by Splash and released by Bethesda. Um, it was a first-person shooter that had players fighting against each other by way of opposing factions within a floating city called the Ark, which was built on the ruins of a flooded earth. Um, I think it was a cover shooter. I think there were some aspects of like 
you could customize your gun or whatever. Um, and there was this one kid I knew in ROTC at the time, which like he would not shut up about this game. Um, the reason we're talking about it and why it relates to the Burger King games is because um, there is one fan on Reddit. His name is, or their name is Brink underscore two underscore. And I guess for the last few days, they've been posting pictures of just every time that every day they've bought more copies of Brink. I think, I don't know. I haven't checked it out, but the last I heard they were up to 10 days. And so they've bought 10 copies of Brink. And the point of this is, is they're trying to get Bethesda to make a sequel. So for as long as they are, I guess, financially or logistically able, Brink 2 is just going to be buying as many copies of Brink as they can until Bethesda (laughs) takes notice and announces Brink 2 to please this one singular Redditor. I mean, this is funny, but I it is. I don't think it's going to be successful. I really don't. Yeah, it, it it's a funny concept, but I don't think that it's going to be you know enough. Right. Like again, it'd be nice to think that gaming studios, seeing the devotion of their fans, would 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 make the product that appeals to that devotion and that fandom but considering like the logistics the resources the time um everything that goes into developing a game like that's a lot to ask for a game that maybe doesn't have the most the, the largest most sustainable fandom then again like they could revisit the concept and like make it something new for the modern age and use that existing ip to, to build off on they could always do that but i mean you you've had shooters today are like a dime a dozen like i think bethesda can can i mean bethesda's bread and butter really is um rpgs not shooters so i think they would be better off sticking to that um so moving on to sony for a little bit before we get into the overwatch stuff Uh, I mentioned it last week, but Sony has finally announced that they're going to end development of games for the PS4 by 2025. So, I mean, that is two years into the future. Um, And considering how still there are a lot of people having trouble getting their hands on a PS5, um, that still gives a, I would say, a decent amount of wiggle room for them to hope some for more people to hopefully get access to the console before then that's two years um i still think that there will be a little bit of trouble maybe in two years getting access to everybody who wants one um considering there's a chip shortage and everything still and we're still not out of covid but at this point i'm glad i have a ps5 so that i don't have to worry about it but it's weird seeing the end of another console generation. Yeah, it it feels like how, how could I describe it? Um, 
like the PS4 has been, you know, a big part of my at least my gaming experience. It's going to be really mm-hmm. interesting. Same like me. once once the PS5 like becomes more accessible, I do think that that is a thing. Like, how are we going to like? Obviously, there's games that just stay on the PS4, but like, um, I know that there there's going to be times when people are going to want to come back and try to like find a certain game and uh, yeah. make it work. So. Uh, we'll definitely look into it later, and uh, hopefully, it will play into something. Or like, we we could eventually just like, uh, how can I say it? Appreciate the games that came out from that era. Mm-hmm. Like for me, um, I've always played video games. Like I had an Xbox 360. I had a, a Game Boy. My first console was the Game Boy Advanced. Um, then Game Boy SP. Then GameCube, Wii xbox 360 and then ps4 and then now finally to the ps well nintendo ds on there in there as well but then like ps now it's ps5 xbox and then switch um but i really like only i feel like became more of a hardcore gamer on the ps4 so the ps4 does like for a lot of people the ps2 is like their special console that's like where their nostalgia is from like I have nostalgia for the GameCube, but like for me as a gamer, like I feel like well, I, again I've been saying um, the the PS4 is kind of where I kind of got more into the culture and became more aware and paid more attention to what was happening in the world of video games. Aside from that, of just like previously, it's just been like I hear of this game coming out, I see a trailer, I wait for it, then I hope I get it for Christmas. Now it's like I'm kind of following the development of games more. And I, I've done that since I had the PS4. Um, but even though that's all ending in the in, in 2025, like we don't have to worry about that now because the new state of play came out for PlayStation. Um, there were some announcements, but I think the biggest one for us, um, Kevin, is that Stray got its first gameplay trailer, I think. Or yes, it, was it did. Around. Yeah. And it got yes. a, a a release date. Yes, uh, I'm July I'm very excited. 19. Kevin, tell yeah, us about it because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh god, I I'm super excited for Stray. This is just like one of those games that like I don't know. It feels interesting to me. Uh, Stray, by the way, is is a game where you kind of explore the city. There's some puzzle like elements to it, um, but you play as a cat. You you go around and you like you you platform as a cat um and you get to like push things over uh like you know hang out with robots and stuff it's just like a it's a very interesting game um but yeah third person cat adventure um kind of you know cyber city-esque vibes with it um and yeah you just get to explore this world solve puzzles as a as a cat um, not something that you see every day. Um, so definitely like it is an interesting like it was an interesting take on like something that I was you know interested in. So I'm I'm interested in learning the mechanics, uh, how to do weird cat things. And uh, especially when it comes to like the the movement and the, you know, the, the weird things that cats can get themselves into, not only just like pods, but like also becoming like. Being able to squeeze through certain things. Um, 
I'm very interested in seeing how they how they function, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, excited for that. July 19th is going to be the release date for that game. Um, if you are on Steam, by the way, it is 10% off for the pre-sale. Um, so if you, if you do want a couple bucks off, uh, I highly suggest going ahead and picking it up. Um, it is going to be a single-player game. Um, so in other words, uh, yeah, definitely probably going to be streaming this once I uh, once it comes out and I have time. I'm trying to think of other games that I'm excited for. Like I'm definitely going to be checking out the trailer for this just because the concept sounds like so much fun. <sighs> I mean, there's a couple other... of games that like they haven't had release dates, but are at least like in the works. Yeah, that I'm looking forward to. Like there's there's um, a lot of remasters that were announced at the state of play like um a remaster of resident evil 4 which i know has been teased for a while a remaster of spider-man which i don't know whether we needed um resident or street fighter 6 has been announced uh a vr port for resident evil village is coming to the ps5 so you can you can smack lady d's behind with a, a fly swatter mod in glorious playstation 5 vr <laughs> um uh a new final Fa- like final fantasy 16 is coming um tunic is getting a playstation release which um i've always been curious about that game i i know if i get it i'm just gonna i'm going to rage um <laughs> and then uh the callisto protocol which is like dead space but not dead space by the people who made dead space I mean, just in general, gaming-wise, I think the re- the only things that I know that I'm waiting for for this year still are um, Gotham Knights, which I'm apprehensive about. It could, it could be... At most for that, I'm expecting a mediocre game. I'm not expecting anything groundbreaking. Um, from what I've seen, it's... It's not set in the the arkham universe even though it seems to kind of be a continuation of the arkham story like it's weird in that they have explicitly said it's not a continuation of arkham knight but it picks up where batman is dead which happens spoiler at the end of arkham knight so a little bit confusing there but also gameplay wise it's it's like it's very clear that like they were trying to go for the same kind of magic as the other Arkham game, the Arkham games, but it's it's just not there for me. I'm gonna play it anyway, just because I will. Um, there's that. There is Breath of the Wild two, which is supposed to be coming this year unless it gets delayed. Um, there is Hellblade two, which is the main reason why I bought an Xbox. So whenever that comes out, I'll be ready. And then I am gonna I'm interested in checking out Stray. So that is those are my gaming weights for the rest of the year. I think I have like four games I'm waiting for. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have a couple of them. I'll just check my Steam list right now. Um, but um, I know obviously Stray has been at the top. My other one is um, Nirvana, which is the um, it's a sequel to Valhalla, which was a 16-bit cyberpunk bartending game. Um which was really fun. I like the aesthetics. I like the characters. You spend a lot of time with them. Um, very story rich. 
Um, and I, I love the characters in that, so I'm just waiting on Nirvana. And then the other one that still hasn't had a lot of like word yet is Davigo. Um, I'm waiting on Davigo. So Davigo is VR versus PC, um, where one person is in VR and their whole goal is to like essentially swat at these PC players. Um, and like you're it, it's it's essentially an attack on Titan sim. Um, but the Titan is a player in VR and everyone else is a uh, is a PC player trying to like get around, trying to break certain parts of the the VR player. So it's really interesting to see this, you know, this cross play um, where it does require VR and PC in order to make it happen. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes, because like, um, especially if it goes really well, I can see this turning into kind of a competitive, a competitive game where it's like uh, you start having teams of like three or four people um, versus like one player from the other team. It's like the goalie, right? Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how this how this plays out. I really, I'm really am excited uh, to see how this goes. Cool. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I think this it's been an hour, so I think what we should do is cut it here and then just move all the Overwatch stuff into a hopefully a quick, concise Overwatch focused half episode. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into our, our geeky news of the week section. Hope you are having good, busy, productive weeks. Hopefully not as busy as us because we're just driving ourselves insane with work. And we will catch you again next week where we will be covering whatever news comes our way and the, uh, the end of the first stage of the Overwatch League. So um, stay safe, guys, and adios. Next week, we update you on the Overwatch League and the world of gaming. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us, and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Send us an email at B-L-E-A-V-N-O-W-L at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with us, you can contact the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.